I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. Do you dream of writing a book so outrageously popular that It appears in bookstores and libraries and is known everywhere. Well, if your answer is yes, you are in good company. It's one of the most common dreams that I hear as I work with aspiring authors. And transparent moment, it was my dream as well. And interestingly enough, my guest this week on Publishing Secrets is the person that I met on the path to pursuing that dream. (laughs) It's hard to believe it, but that was over seven years ago. But fast forward to 2020, and now Raquel Henderson is my go-to partner for aspiring authors who want to take their book idea mainstream with a traditional publisher. Now, I don't want to brag too much, but her resume is pretty darn impressive. In the past, she's worked for some of the most distinguished publishing houses such as Random House and HarperCollins Publishers and Disney. And now she pours the, get this, 30 plus years of experience that she has in publishing, marketing, advertising, and the entertainment industry into the Bluffton Book Festival a platform that brings awareness to local and national literary talent. I'm telling you, Raquel knows her stuff. And so in this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, I'm going to let you in on an interview that I had with Raquel where we're covering everything that you've always wanted to know about landing a book deal. We're talking about how you get the attention of a major publisher what publishing houses actually look for in a manuscript, and what you need to start doing now if you want to be taken seriously so that you can land that deal. And there's still more that I haven't even mentioned. This is going to be one of those value-packed podcasts that you're going to want to listen to again and again and again and share with your aspiring author friends. So. Grab a pen and a piece of paper and get ready to take some notes. Enjoy. Raquel, before we talk a little bit about what it takes to get this book deal that most aspiring authors have as a dream and a goal, I want you to share with the audience a little bit about yourself. So you're, you're a literary manager. You help make things happen behind the scenes for people. I want you to share with the audience a little bit about what that means and then what inspired you to take that step. Well, thank you for allowing me to be here and thanks to everyone for joining us. It's funny that I, you know, you asked that question because I don't think the title literary manager really exists anywhere. It was something that I actually had to come up with because I had a client from a celebrity client. Well, I have a celebrity client who writes books and You know, in Hollywood, they have their agents, they have their lawyers, they have their managers. And I'm not really a literary agent per se. So I'm not out there trying to sell books to the publishers on a consistent basis. So technically, I can't call myself an agent. And so he's working with me and I'm shaping his publishing program and I'm really helping to publish the books and then I'm marketing for him. And, you know, every now and then I'll talk to a few people in the publishing industry to say, hey, I have this thing that I'm working on. And so he and I together came up with this literary manager title, which I've now given myself and I've had for five years. So it's pretty funny because I'm not sure it's out there. In the publishing industry, you you have those titles that you know, right? You have the editor and the agent and the publicist. But then there are people like myself 
who've been in marketing the whole time or has been a publisher. And what we do is what the entire industry does. It's an all encompassing position. So since I've stepped away from corporate publishing and I'm not publishing other people's books, I can't really call myself a publisher, even though I am, but that's not what I'm doing. So that's where the literary manager title came from. The power of creating your own title. So for those of you that are out there in the audience, seriously, this is so important because sometimes we feel like we have to fit what we do into an existing title or position. But you are a creative being because you are a child of the king who is a creator. You can create whatever you want. Yes, Please right. hear me. You can create whatever you want. You figure out what you want to call it. <laughs> and then you educate people as you go throughout the process on what that means. But don't feel like you have to box yourself in. Do whatever God has called you and gifted you to do. Well, Raquel, let's talk about, you know, your, your journey. You've worked with a lot of big names. You're working with big names now. You've had years and years and years of experience. What do you think is powerful about someone who's listening to us right now has a desire to write a book? Why should they take advantage of this time to write that book? That's a good question. Honestly, for me, there's never a wrong time to write a book, ever. Mm -hmm. If you are a writer, just write. You know, writing a book and publishing a book are two different things. And what you're writing about, there may be a better time to publish something specific. But who's to say that? It's all subjective. So there's never a wrong time to write a book. Content is king. So if you are a content creator, you are always in the winning seat. Now, your book may not sell 100,000 copies, but it may sell 2,000 copies. And that's 2,000 people who, you know, are listening to what you're putting out there. Do you think that everyone that has a Netflix series honestly thought they were going to have a Netflix series? They may have wanted that Netflix series, right? Right. And they, a lot of those series, just like in the movies, come from books. And they write the books because what they really have is a desire to write. And so, in my opinion, there's never a wrong time to write. So just write that book, whatever it is, and worry about the other stuff later. Because we don't control it anyway. Mm. God controls it all. So just if that's in you yeah. to write that book, write it. I know me. I don't write. So... <laughs> God has not told me to write that book. So I don't write it, but mm. he has told me to help others get to the next level. So mm. I love that. So there's never, you heard it, family, there's never a wrong time to write. And one of the things you're going to hear me say a lot is writers write. Writers write. Writers don't just write their book. They write all the time. I read ones for those of you that are John Mackle fans. He's one of my favorite writers. And the reason that he's one of my favorites is because he has been able to meld spiritual faith principles and leadership so well, and he's been wildly successful. But what he, one of the things that he says, there's so many things that you'll learn from him if you follow him, but one of the things that he says that he does every day is write. And that's why he's been able to put out so many books, because he writes every day. So you're going to hear me say a lot, writers don't wait until they start writing a book. Writers write all the time. So there's never, you heard it from Carol, there's never a bad time to write a book. Now, let's get into this question because it's one that I get often as I work with clients. And I know that you have a plethora of experience that so you, you've worked with people that have done it all. Let's talk about, from your perspective, the difference between traditional publishing and self-publishing. How would you explain that to the audience? What, what are really the main differences? I think everyone's like, oh, finally, we're going to get to know what all the differences is. And I could just, you know, there's this set list of things. Sadly, I'm here to tell you, it's not that different because the process to publishing is a process. The difference is if you're self-publishing, you're paying for that process that you wouldn't have to pay for if you had a traditional publisher. The editor that should edit your book, there should be a copy editor. There's a designer, an interior designer, and a cover designer. 
you know, you've got to do your Library of Congress. You've got to do, you've got to get your ISP. I mean, all those things the publishing house does, you have to do the same if you're really thinking about publishing a book. The biggest difference, and, and let me not forget time, because time is the same. If Random House picks up your book tomorrow, well, Random House is going to be on you to figure out what you're doing to help promote that book once it gets published two years from now. It doesn't stop if they write you in advance. It's still your baby. Don't, you would never hand your baby off and let someone else teach it, raise it, whatever. So it's still your baby. You have to follow it all the way through. In the publishing house, there'll be about 100 people working on one book. When you're self-publishing, you're doing all of that on your own. So I would say that's pretty much the one major difference. The process is still the same. Wow. And that's so, so, so powerful because family, what I need you to know, those of you that have a dream to write a book, and that's everybody here, there's going to be work regardless of which path you go down, right? And Raquel, Raquel we're going to talk about this a little bit later. The publishing house is not going to do everything for you. They're going to help you get the book yeah. together. But what you're going to learn is there are other pieces that go along with making a successful, profitable book. So yes, the publishing house is going to help you with the design and the formatting and all that, but they also have some expectations of what you are going to do to help make that book successful. So the skills have to be there regardless of which path you choose, right? So we've got to make sure that we get that foundation, develop those fundamental skills in order to be successful no matter which way we go. So let's talk about this, though, because your focus for us today is the traditional publishing path. What do you wish more people knew about traditional publishing? Well, that's also a very good question because I think people think I'm going to be here to like let out some secrets. And, um, you know, the real secret is traditional publishing is a business. They are in the business of making money. You know, they're not going to publish your book because they like you when you walk in the room, they want to know if what you've written is really going to make them some money. Is it going to be a bestseller? Now, not every book is a bestseller. We understand that. But we do understand that publishers, they exist on volume. So they will have books that they know are not going to be bestsellers, but those books may win awards. So that helps a publisher as well right? But it's a business, really, essentially, that is the key. It is a business. And you will have editors, the way your book comes in and gets acquired through an agent. Yes, an editor typically has to fall in love with it, because it's a subjective process. But once it gets past that editor, the publisher still has to make the decision on whether or not it's worth buying, and bringing it into the publishing house. So yeah, it's a business. Hmm. That's critical, family, because one of the things that I want to make sure that everyone who's with us today understands is that the publishing house is looking to make a profit from your book. (laughs) So again, there's going to be some things that they're expecting from you to help make that happen. They have invested in you, essentially, right? When they have picked up your book and they have picked up all the costs, Raquel told us there's 100 people working on your book. They have invested in you. So they are expecting you to invest some things, too, to make sure that that book is financially successful or to Raquel's point, maybe there's an award. But there has to be a payoff for the publisher. It has to be a payoff. If there's no payoff, then it's not personal. It's not I don't like your book. I don't like you. It's none of those things. It has nothing to do with that. They are trying to assess the financial viability of your project. Okay. So what's also going to be important is you got, and I know some of you are going to be like, oh, no, Coach Sam, but you got to get here, okay? You are a creative, but you are also an entrepreneur when you decide to write a book. I need you to, to embrace that and accept it. So the publisher is a business, and you are in the business of writing, publishing, and selling books. The more that you embrace that mindset, the more successful you're going to be, because as we're going to talk about, there's more to it than the writing. That's the part that we really, really enjoy, and it's the part that impacts lives. The words that you write impact lives, 
But there are some things that you have to also put into it to make sure that people get that book and that you are successful financially and the publishing house is successful financially. So let's talk about this a little bit more, though, Raquel, because I know, you know, we've got some people that this is their dream. This is their dream. They want to see their book picked up by a major publisher. In your experience, since you've had so much experience in this space, what nuggets can you share with the audience about what traditional publishers look for? What are some of the things that they, you know, assess? If they're going through this process and saying, I think this could be a successful book, what are some of the things that they are thinking about? Well, so again, back to my previous answer, the way that books come into, typically come into a publishing house is through an agent. So agents in New York, mostly in New York, they're everywhere, but mostly in New York, know what a particular editor, don't think of the publisher as like Random House. There are thousands of editors within Random House, the company, within Penguin Random House. Each editor has something that they are looking for. So I can be an editor that likes paranormal fiction or I can be an editor that only publishes nonfiction. The agents know which editors are looking for what type of book. And so it's not that it's a certain time of say season where publishers are looking for just mysteries or thrillers or nonfiction or something that's on taxes or any of that. It really comes down to, because the editors are always looking for new content just like the movie industry is always looking for new content. So it's just a matter of matching you with, or your project with the right editor at the right time. So you've got it. And I hope that the audience is getting that there are several people involved in this process, right? So that's part of the reason I would imagine that some of the audience is like, well, I don't even know where to start with this. And we'll talk about this a little bit later because I keep hearing, you know, the publisher, the editor, the agent, you know, how do I actually make all of this come together, which we will take a look at. But let's talk about, you know, you, you mentioned that you've created your own title and it allows you the flexibility to do a lot of things. Why do you think it is beneficial for an aspiring author to have someone like you, whatever the title is, why is it important for them to have someone like you in their corner as they're going through this process? Well, it's funny because we just talked about that. I mentioned an agent, I mentioned an editor, I mentioned the publisher, I mentioned all these people. Well, as a literary manager who has been a publisher and has taken a book from its inception to its destruction, not even completion, to its destruction, you know, barges of books to destroy. Yeah, it happens when no one buys them. And it happens. As a literary manager, I help you to understand what all of those titles mean, what they all should be doing for you, and where you fit in. How does that work for your project? How does your project fit into the other projects that are in that publishing house? Because a place like Random House has maybe 50 different imprints which you may understand better as divisions of the company. And there may be an editor at, say, Penguin who, you know, likes thrillers. And then there may be another editor at, say, Random House who also likes thrillers. Well, the agent should know which one of those that your particular thriller would fit best with. So, again a literary manager will help you understand those dynamics. And again, this is why I came up with the title because I couldn't figure out, I could have said I was a literary teacher, but then I thought, you know, I don't know if I really qualify as a teacher, but I mean, that is what I'm doing. I'm really teaching you the business of publishing. And speaking further to that, I'm going to teach you the business of publishing. So you'll have your agent. Your agent is also sort of your attorney if they, um, they themselves may be your attorney, but then the agent may also have an attorney. So you'll be working with all of them. You'll, you'll learn what these contracts mean. You'll understand what royalties are. You'll understand how, you know, if you decide to self-publish, how that's different from traditional publishing when you get to royalties. 
And you'll see, you know, one mistake, I get a lot of clients through, oh, I spent all this money out there because there was this publisher who said they would publish my book. And um, I paid $10,000 and I've sold 200 copies to my family. And I don't know what else to do. Well, unfortunately, I get the people after they've spent the $10,000 at the wrong place. But if you come to me before that, I can help you to understand you did not have to do that. You know, there are people out there who have understood now that with ebooks and electronic publishing and just everything that we're doing online, that they can easily whip up a publishing house. They have, you know, a little bit of experience and credentials. And it's funny because you'll see that they've worked in like um, an educational publishing house and now they want to publish all kinds of books. Well, you need to find out what experience do they really have with publishing the type of book you want to publish. And frankly, you know, unless you absolutely know nothing about publishing and how to do it and don't have resources, you shouldn't be paying $10,000 to anyone to do this for you because you can do it yourself. I love that. So family, Raquel has such a breadth of experience that no matter what path you want to take, she can be that expert guidance to help you navigate the process, to make sure you understand everyone who's involved, what their role, what your role in the process is. And this way, when you partner with someone like Raquel, then when you go to do your next book, right, then you will have learned some valuable skills that are going to help you be successful with that book because the first one of anything, right, is a learning curve, right? But the more experience, the more practice you get with it, if you have someone that's able to provide that direction and that guidance in terms of what you need to do, then you're going to start picking up some things. And then as you move forward in the process, you're going to be more knowledgeable. You're going to be more confident. Listen, you can do this yourself. And I want to be very transparent in telling you, and some of my clients have done it themselves. You can bring together different resources, you can manage a lot of these pieces to get your book self-published, okay? So the question is simply, do you want to be involved in all of those details? Do you want someone like Raquel to teach you all of the ins and outs of that? I can provide some guidance, but I'm transparently, I'm not an expert. Raquel has years and years and years of working with a publisher, so she can provide the nitty-gritty details on how you can learn to do it yourself, or you can partner with a company that does publishing for a living. If you have to learn those pieces, it's going to take you more time. You're going to have to invest your time and energy in that process. So really the question is, how much work do you want to be? Uh, how much do you want to be involved in the process? Do you want to learn the ins and outs? And that will determine which path is best for you to take. So let's talk about this. So you've had years and years of experience in this process. You know that there are some things that need to be in order before a person gets started. So let's talk about this. What should the aspiring author that is listening to us now who knows that they want to pursue publishing, what should they be doing right now? What are some steps that they should be taking? Well, you know, the first thing I would say is have a willingness to be coached. So just have a willingness to be guided because it is going to be a learning process for you. Before I started my own company, I was in publishing for 20 years. So there are people that are still in publishing that do not understand the full process because there are people who go in as editors and all they really want to do is edit books, you know? And so they don't really need to understand the full publishing process. But if you're really thinking about publishing a book on your own, you should have at least a basic level of that knowledge. So to prepare, just be willing to be guided and coached. That's the first thing. Also, own your work. You know, Oprah said, at least I think it was Oprah, that every business owner, no matter who you are, how high you are, how big the business is, always sign your own checks. So with that same mentality, own your work. This is your work. Don't hand it off to someone else to do the work for you. Even if you get a traditional publisher, make sure you stay connected. Make sure you're still building your audience. Make sure you're doing things that will help you because the publisher is your partner, really. You know, make sure you're doing things that will help take your baby to the next level. 
own your work. Don't take it and drop it off. And really just have a desire to connect with people because let me say, there's an example I have. I, I'm not going to say names, but there's a client that I have, pretty well-known person who is very private and they are writing books and some people find out and some people don't, no matter how much marketing. Why? Because that person is very private. Books are a very different medium than television, movies. You know, when someone sees you on the screen, they are in love with you as a character in that play, in that role, whatever it is, in television or movie. But when you want someone to buy your book, they believe that they are reading something that you, the person, has written from your heart, from your soul, and they're getting to know a little bit about you. Even if it's fiction, they're getting to know a little bit about, or they think they do, it's all perception, the way you think. This is what makes individuals buy books because they feel a connection. So if you're a person who's very shy and a little intimidated by sharing your personal self, this may not be for you. And if you're writing nonfiction, it really isn't for you because it's nonfiction. It's about you. It's about what you've done. It's about who you are. Well, people want to know that. They want to know the real you. If it's fiction and you're writing it, you know, be outgoing enough to share things that are relatable so that people don't mind spending $25 for your next book. So that's a few things. Mm. That is, I mean, I could stay here all day, right? But one of the things that I want to hit on that you shared, because I know many of those that are listening to us have a desire to write nonfiction, which means you're writing about yourself, which right. is the path that I took you have to open yourself up, right? I know that this can be hard because sometimes those of us that have a passion and a mission to impact other people are also people that tend to be kind of, you know, introverted and I'm private and I want to keep all these things to myself. Okay, but you heard Raquel say it. The business, the business of selling books, that doesn't work for the business. of. Now you can write and publish a book, Right. <laughs> but if you want to sell books, people need to get to know you because you are the brand, which means that you are what people are buying into. That's something else for your, your notes that you've got to wrap your mindset around. If you were to go to Amazon right now and put in what you want to write about, there are thousands of other people that have written about that subject. Raquel can tell you, and I'm not talking like a thousand. <laughs> I'm talking about hundreds of thousands, maybe even more, that have written on the exact thing that you want to write about. The only way that someone is going to pick you is if they buy into you. So there is a level of transparency, and I, I get it, because that was one of the things I fought too, until one of my coaches says, you're going to cost yourself money. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, time out. <laughs> because people, and, and understand that social media only escalates this, right? People have an expectation that they can get to know you. And if you are not, you heard Raquel say, if you are not willing to take those steps, then you can write and publish a book, but it won't sell. And here's what I need you to equate, because for those of you that said, well, it's not about the money, okay, but let me help you understand something. If it doesn't sell, no one gets the message that you want out there. So the way that I think about sales is those are lives that have been impacted. So you do need your book to sell. Whether you need the money or not, you need people to be inspired enough about you and your mission and what you are writing about that they are willing to invest so that they then get the download that you want them to have. You have to embrace the mindset of being a business owners because business owners have to figure out things like marketing. Business owners have social media pages and they post to them regularly if they want to be successful, right? All of those things are required. So we've got a question. Do publishers ever sign an author that has a self-published book to do a rewrite of the book? Raquel, what are your thoughts? Well, 
10 years ago, I would have been like, no. Now, uh, yes, because content is king and every media format needs content. That's why I'm saying, if you're an aspiring writer, you are king because, or queen, however you want to look at it, because you are the creator of the things that we need to process to get to the consumer. Without you, we don't have that. So yes, there are major publishers buying self-published books. However, there's one catch. They will be looking at how many you've sold and they will also be looking at how many people you reach your platform, which we'll talk about, I guess, in a minute. So yes, it does happen. As a matter of fact, I think, what is it? Shades of Grey? What, what was the series that? Um, 50 Shades of Grey? Yeah, that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look what happened there. You know, she, that was self-published. And I don't think mm. many people know that it was self-published. And then it was picked up. And then the rest is history. Mm. So yes, it can happen. Couple of things though. You heard Raquel say you've got to have a following. You need to be active on social media. You need to be increasing your following. You need to get people on an email list. Those are the types of things that Raquel is talking about. You have to have sold copies of the book, which means that it's going back to embracing that entrepreneur mindset because the publisher is going to be asking those questions. So if you couldn't sell it, why should they take it? and put all their, their hundreds of people. Why should they put their hundreds of people on your project if you the visionary, the person that wholeheartedly believes this and that message has got to get out of people. If you couldn't sell it and you are the brand, then we can't expect the publisher to take that type of risk, right? The great thing about writing a, and publishing a book, I mean, especially in 2020, is all you gotta do is decide to write and publish a book. Okay. Now, Raquel will, you know, she will dig into and talk to you if you decide to partner with her. She'll talk about the viability of it being picked up and who might be interested in that project. But the good news is, in this day and age, if you have a desire to get your message out, you can do it. All you gotta do is make a decision and do the work and you can get your message out there, all right? So the question is, do you end up self-publishing it or do you end up traditional publishing it? And there's some conversations and some work that has to be done to figure out which is going to be the best option for you. But no, no one will stop you from getting your message out but you. So, Raquel, let's talk about this. What are some things that an aspiring author should be doing now to create some visibility for themselves and their writing skills, especially that person that wants to get picked up by a publishing house? Okay, well, you know, for me, if you're an aspiring writer, I'm always gonna tell you to write first. Complete the book, right? That doesn't mean publish the book. Just complete the writing process of the book. Because what happens to you when you're writing and you're also thinking about, oh, I know what the cover's gonna look like. Oh, I can't wait to reach the book clubs. I'm going to market it this way. I've got, well, you haven't even finished the material. So we don't know. I mean, you know, and then the next thing you know, three years have passed and you're still like, oh my God, I can't wait to get this out to the book clubs. And then I say, well, is the book finished? Well, no, but I, I'm on my last chapter. Okay. So we first talked three years ago and you're still on that last. Yeah, 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 I am. But you know what I've been doing? I've got this book club and how many book clubs do you have? Well, now I have about 10 that are ready. Okay, well, have you finished writing the book? No. Well, then don't, you know, finish writing the book. So once you get the book written, it's still going to go through several versions because it has to be edited. It has to be copy edited. There has to be a book design. So while that's happening, make sure you're now building your platform, your social media numbers, make sure those are getting up. And, you know, that's not all that a book is bought and sold on, but it helps. It helps because it says that you, you know, you have an awareness, you have a connection to some people. Create videos and share those, you know, on your topic, even if it's fiction, even if it's fiction based on your real life. Pick something, and, and especially in fiction, this is what I, I truly harp on in fiction. Find that thing that is relatable in real life. 
that's part of your fiction. So let me give you an example. Right now, there's a, a Netflix series that's called Sweet Magnolias, which just launched this week and was, is based on a, a book series. Well, the reason I think that that material works so well is because it's about three friends, two are white, one's black. It's a relational connect of diversity, which is what people hunger for right now, because we're tired of seeing the same stories that they write and produce and publish and bring to the screen just on white people. We're also tired of the same stories they allow us to bring. The guy gets shot, you know, for our black audience. It's somebody's always shot in the street, you know, but everyone doesn't have that life. Every black person doesn't have that person who was shot by the cop in the street. So this is, this is a real life Southern story of three friends who grew up in a small town. Again, two white, one black. The woman, the black woman is this powerful lawyer. Wow, where do we get to see this? Where she is the strong one and her friends, she's helping her friends to, well, where do we get to see that? Our everyday life, because I've got white friends and yeah, I'm the one they come to when they, you know, and you're like, oh my God, I can see this in myself. So what I mean by that is, if you're writing something that's fiction, there's something in there that relates to something current. Make sure that's the thing that you're trying to connect so that you can sell it. If it's nonfiction, start looking for those speaking opportunities. Start laying the groundwork. You know, if you're writing about yourself, a transformation, self-help, whatever it is, start researching and looking for those speaking opportunities that lay the groundwork for you to sell your book at those engagements. And um, yes, I mentioned the video. So yes, I, I would say now this is something that I, I myself was, you know, never keen on because I just don't like being on video, but I'm getting, I mean, now, I mean, I've been Zooming now for the last six years, but it's a little intense now though. But, um, yeah. you know, start working on videos that you can put out there that talks about you and your material. And you can start dropping those videos long before your book release. And any marketing or building of a platform that you're doing should start at least, I would say, at a minimum, six months out. I used to say three, but now six, because there's so much noise out there. And just keep pounding, keep pounding, keep pounding, keep growing those numbers, keep making people aware, drop a little bit at a time, do a couple of little teasers, you know, just stay relevant, I guess. Mm, that is so powerful. So what you're hearing, family, is you're hearing Raquel talk about the importance of one aspect of business, which is marketing. All of the things that she was just talking about, the videos and the teasers and all of that is marketing. So marketing is a critical component of the success of your book, because if no one knows about it, they can't buy it, right? And so what I think, what Raquel, Raquel, tell me if I'm wrong, regardless of whether we go traditional publishing route or self-publishing route, just want to make sure so we clear for the audience, all of those things need to be happening, right? The, the, the author, the onus is upon them to create visibility for the book, which means that they have to become a marketing engine. That is exactly right. Because even if you get a traditional publishing opportunity, most of the time there will be a zero dollars for marketing. We have in within, I say we, cause I still consider myself part of the traditional publishing set. Even though I work with a lot of self-publishing authors, the publishing industry is really focused on the in-house publicist. So the publicist, and you should understand what a publicist does, they are there to get media placements for you. That's what publicists do. So in traditional publishing, that is what we rely on mostly because it's a free marketing tool. And if you studied a little bit of marketing, you know that there are the basics. There's promotion, publicity, advertising, and price, right? Promotion, publicity, and advertising. And so publicity is where you get that free awareness, that free advertising. So publishers like that. 
that's what they like. And when they are also looking at a book, you know, even though the editor may love it, a marketing director will get with that crew, which includes the advertising people, the publicity people, and the promotion people and say, can we really sell this? And if a publicist says, what am I going to do with this? That could really shoot down a project, you know, depending how much, it, there's a lot of political stuff that goes on inside too, corporately. So if an editor really loves it and they hire up on the food chain, they can buy whatever they want most of the time. But it still comes down to whether or not it can be sold. And that depends on what marketing is helping the sales people to do, to drive that. So even if you get a traditional deal, you're still going to have to do all of this work. So do it anyway. Do it. Just do it. You heard it here, family. Just do it. Now, this is a fair one that I'd love for you to chime in on, Raquel, because the question is, okay, I know that there, essentially, I know there are all these paths. There's a traditional publishing path. There's a self-publishing path, all of that. I'm trying to compare them. Should I try to make that decision right now? Or do I wait until the manuscript is done? And then financially, what's the spectrum? And, and as you're thinking about this, Raquel, I want you to think full picture, because I think Sometimes what our audience thinks about is what is the cost to get the book out? But as we've talked about, there are so many different variables in that process, right? It's not just getting the book out. You've got to market the book. They need to hire, if they decide they want to work with you, they got to hire you, right? Mm -hmm. So help the audience with like a picture of what does this really look like? What is the commitment? And then what, do you, what are your thoughts on the order in which someone should go about this? Again, there are two different paths, right? You can... Well, three, really, because you can do the traditional publishing, you can self-publish, you could work with kind of a, a self-publishing hybrid. There's so many different ways in which you can go. But the first thing I would say to any writer is, what are your individual goals? Don't let anyone else figure that out for you. And don't let money decide that unless you obviously can't pay for some of the services. You know, if you feel in your heart of hearts that you've got a project that a traditional publisher should see, then go that route and do and make the steps. Take those steps that you need to get to that traditional publisher. If you feel that you are the person who, you know what, I'm a go-getter. I can do, I've been doing a lot of things on my own. Mm. I can learn this process on my own and publish my book. Well, then there are platforms, you know, there's Amazon, there's Ingram Spark. There might be a few others, but those are the only two and not in that order. In Ingram Spark and Amazon in that order is the way I would go. But with Ingram Spark, you can also do Amazon. So you're covering your bases. And, you know, when you, if you're working with me, I can teach you what all those differences are, but there are platforms. And then if you're the other person who are, who's kind of like, you know what? Yeah, I could do this self-publishing thing, but then I need all these other services and I just don't know, like if I can find an editor, who to trust and all that, then you need to work with Chris because Chris has got that for you. You know, he, he knows the editors, the copy editors. He's done that. He's been doing it. So he, and he comes with Tam. So you know that you can trust him. Because that's a big part of it, too, is that trust factor. Because there's a lot, of, there are a lot of people out there. Sadly, again, a lot of my clients have been taken for a ride. And then they get to me and they say, well, I don't really have any money because I just spent all of the money, like, you know, publishing. I had one client who spent 20 grand and did not have one physical copy of a book. One. And this guy is an accountant. I mean, he's not stupid. He's an accountant. But what it is, is when you don't understand publishing and the process of publishing, there's so many people out there that will take you for a ride. And he hired me as his consultant. The minute they looked up my background on LinkedIn, he had books printed and coming you know, the next month and they were like, oh, we're doing all this marketing. And he said to me, the client said to me, well, that's odd because I've been trying to get in touch with them for a year and I haven't been able to. So you got to be careful with who's out there. But with those three different ways, if you just feel like, you know what, I'm working a full-time job. All I can do is write this thing. 
I need somebody else to um, help me get it through. And I don't really, my goal is not really to have a, a major publisher. Now I chuckle a little bit with that because everybody wants Random House to publish their book. I don't even write and I want Random House to publish my book. Okay, so I get it. I, I get it. But you, you really, you have to know what it is you want. And those are the people that I like to work with. Now I can help you to get to that process and so can Tam, you know, to figure out what it is you really want, but that's what you really have to know. And then we can direct you in whichever direction you need to go in. Does that sound yeah. right? I mean, so that, sounds- that's the, yes, that's perfect. So the great news family of this partnership is that I can help you kind of navigate this process. So both Chris and Raquel are partners of mine. So when you have a conversation with me, then that also is your gateway to these two, right? So we can work together to figure out what is going to be the best path for you. Is it going to be self-publishing? Is it going to be traditional publishing? Do you want the education on all the steps of self-publishing? Do you want to know that yourself? Raquel can help with that as well. So the good news is regardless of what it is you are looking for, this team can help you get it done. But let's do this, Raquel, five things. If we wrap up everything that you've talked about for the person that wants to land that book deal, what are the five nuggets that you would share with them before you leave us? Number one, research, research, research. If you are pitching to an agent, and I have written these down because I didn't want to forget these. If you are pitching to an agent, please figure out what types of books they sell to publishers. Research that. You can do that. We have Google. That didn't used to exist before. You used to have to find the literary marketplace book way back in the day, and now I'm dating myself. But, you know, and people go, well, where do you find that? Well, they had libraries, but nobody wanted to go. You you have Google. You have Google. Research. Uniqueness, number two. While publishers continue to publish the same types of books over and over, they are always saying that they want something that will stand out. So that's really a contradiction, right? So here's what I say to you. Be the same, but different. Figure out what that uniqueness is and what you're bringing to the table, even if it's fiction, whatever it is, figure that point out. Be the same, but different. If you're going the traditional route, write a great query letter. This is how you're gonna land an agent. Research that, it's all out there. Number four, that was number three. Number four, create a platform and have it ready prior to getting the agent and publisher. Yes, if you're writing a blog, write the blog. If you're, whatever you're doing to grow your social media numbers, do it. If you are a person who has a relationship with libraries in your community, build it. Whatever it is, an email list, build it. Build it, build it, because you're gonna need these people to help you when you're ready to release that book. So you'll get it out there. So that's number four. And number five is I think the most important thing, and this will make you all feel better. Yes, I do give tough love, but this will make you all feel better. Don't ever let rejections deter you. That's number five. Don't ever let rejections deter you. You can also Google this. James Patterson, I think was rejected a hundred times. Stephen King, I think, was also rejected over a hundred times. And you think, who are these people rejecting their manuscripts? And look how, you know, look where they are now. But again, it's a subjective business. There might be an editor at Hachette that doesn't like what you like, but there might be one at HarperCollins who loves what you've written. So don't ever let one rejection from an agent or a publisher deter you from going after that dream. It may take five 10 years, but if it's worth having, it's worth fighting for. So those are my five. I love that. Thank you so much. So I I pray that this has been beneficial. Raquel, thank you so much for being here. Now, quick story for the audience. This will be interesting to you how we got connected. So Raquel and I got connected because I was trying to land my major deal, right? It's funny how God works. Sometimes God does things for a different purpose than we thought, you know, the reason that we thought that we were making things happen. And it didn't work. It it wasn't the right time. So I take wholeheartedly Raquel's last point about rejection. It's tough when your book doesn't land with a publisher and that was your dream, but you got to keep going for it, right? And all of the success that God has allowed me to enjoy stems from that one book 
that I self-published that did not land with a major publisher. But that doesn't mean that I haven't, that I have given up. But you are called to write. Don't lose sight of the fact that God has been nudging you and calling you to write. So don't let all these details and the complexity of the process deter you from your assignment. You still have an assignment. And the thing that you have to recognize as a believer is that when God calls you to do something, he will provide the resources, whether they are financial or people connections, he will provide the time, he will provide what it is you need to get this done. So don't allow your new insight about the process to deter you from your assignment. Well, family, wasn't that an amazing interview? Now you have so many insights that are going to help you in your journey to publish your book with a major publisher. But listen, I have more opportunities for you to learn. I mentioned to you in the introduction that Raquel now pours her talents into the Bluffton Book Festival. Well, although the festival will not be meeting in person this year, it will be going on virtually. And November the 19th through the 21st, there will be workshops and free events that are offered live on Zoom, covering everything from poetry to family stories to short stories and crime fiction. You want to check this out. So be sure to head on over to BluftonBookFestival.com. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Publishing Secrets where our mission is to encourage and inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. In order to stay up to date on our episodes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you will be notified. And if this episode has been a blessing to you, do me a favor, rate and review. Until next time, God bless.